listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Are you ready to witness greatness? College fans, welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Let's go! We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now... We're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No, former Penn State All-American Rich Ornberger, and PicksWise lead betting analyst Jared Smith. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in here. Rivalry week. Gotta love it. Absolutely fired up for today. How much will Notre Dame win by? That's the question on my <laughs> mind. Wow. Wow. Look at you. Is, that, is, it like, is it one touchdown? Is it just? Is it ten points? Is it two touchdowns? I, I don't know. I got all these questions. Like DeAndre Hopkins the other night. One, two. Yeah. I'm gonna throw a flag on you. I'll give you the kiss of death immediately. I got the Irish by a million, Brian. <laughs> there you go. That's what I like to hear, Rich Ornberger. That is and my ears scene. right here. Yes. Good night. Ah, very fired up for a full day of ball today. And man, how about? The last couple of days in college football, we had the Egg Bowl on Thursday. A lot of rain, you know. Yet Ole Miss tried to go for two, didn't get it. Looked like it might be headed to overtime, but Ole Miss comes up empty. And then you had yesterday some great games, man. I, my f- personal favorite. Arizona and Arizona State had a combined, mm. what, like seven wins heading into that thing? And wow. that crowd was amazing. That was like a playoff berth was on the line. That was really fun to see yesterday. Yeah, uh, rivalries are awesome. You know, playing at Penn State, unfortunately, I really didn't get involved in rivalry games. I, we didn't have any natural rivalries. Um going to the Big Ten as a uh, independent for so many years, I mean, the rivalries that were there were kind of disappearing, falling by the wayside. Like, we never played Pitt. Um, I, I guess years and years and years before Syracuse was a rival, we didn't really feel it at that point. It, what, there was no hatred when we have eventually played them. Uh, it, it's just it, it's just kind of a strange aspect of being a Nittany Lion where you're looking around the Big Ten and there's other teams, obviously the most important and the most uh, prominent rivalry in all of sports, it feels like, is Michigan-Ohio State. And the final game of the season when we're cobbling together some sort of rivalry against Michigan State, which really wasn't a rival at any point in both of these schools' histories, you're watching Michigan-Ohio State and actually having fun watching that rivalry. It's kind of strange, you know, coming from a a football program that doesn't have that. But I know it's a blast. I know that I've talked to so many Wolverines, so many Buckeyes, and sharing locker rooms with those guys during my NFL career I mean that that's a bitter bitter rivalry that's like where you know it is important that the bets are paid off that somebody comes to to work the next day or the next the next week for the entire week wearing Michigan threads if their Buckeyes lost or vice versa I I love it I wish I was a part of it when I was playing Mm. 
Yeah, so the battle for the land grant trophy didn't quite do it for you, huh? No, nobody, <laughs> seemed, nobody seemed to care about the land grant trophy. It's the biggest trophy in the conference and the one that matters the least. It's, it's so it's big. It's a monstrosity. I remember covering those games and I, what is this thing? So I, I, we, we kind of missed the ball. We should have done a thread at some point or maybe we can still do a poll. The best rivalry trophy. I mean, oh, just in the call. Big Ten alone. The Floyd of Rosedale, like the giant pig, and you got Paul Bunyan's axe. You've got the little brown jug. I mean, it's and there's all kinds of like little knickknacks and paddywhacks all over the country that they give out for these games. And it mat like the handicaps change a little bit. Like the numbers don't matter as much this week, and the motivation matters a lot more. And I'll give you a great example right off the top. And this one to me is front and center the most important sequence of the day. Oregon plays Oregon State early in the day. If Oregon wins, Washington-Washington State becomes an exhibition because Washington can't make the Pac-12 title game. So, like, those little sequences today, while obviously that game matters, it's the Apple Cup and it's really important, if you're Washington and you're watching Oregon-Oregon State early in the day and all of a sudden Oregon wins and you're like, well, now we're just playing for pride – I mean, that's a huge edge early to Washington State before they even kick the ball off, and the numbers don't matter as much, I think. So keep that in mind today when you're handicapping and betting these games. The big underdogs, you know, they, they're going to care to stay in these games. And the games that are toss-ups, the games that matter for the college football playoff and for the conference championship race, the underdogs want nothing more than to spoil their rival season. So the numbers of how good Oregon is compared to Oregon State don't matter as much compared to a little bit more of that motivational edge. So it's a unique week for gambling. It's obviously a fantastic week for pomp and circumstance around college football. And I have a feeling we're going to see some chaos if the previous 12 weeks there any indication. I'm, I'm pro chaos when it comes oh, to too. football here. Love yes. chaos. Yeah, unless I bet on the favorite and then well, anti-chaos, you yeah. know, anti-chaos <laughs> right there. But uh, the game of the day is Michigan at Ohio State, eleven and zero versus eleven and zero, and obviously front and center is Blake Corum. Blake Corum, the stud Michigan running back. How healthy is he today? Right, he's rushed for fourteen hundred fifty-seven yards this season and eighteen touchdowns. That's an insane amount of production. And will he be healthy? It's a little bit like Chase Brown last week. With mm. Illinois, that's what Michigan is hoping for. There are a lot of questions about Chase Brown. Is he going to be able to go? Is he going to be his studly self? And he was, and then some against Michigan last week. So if the same holds true for the Wolverines today, they've got a good shot. If the opposite holds true, I don't like their chances at all if they don't have their main guy, Blake Corum, ready to go. Yeah, look, Blake Corum, to put this very tidy, is Michigan's entire offense. Yeah. Uh Look, he's a, a junior running back who, outside of the quarterback position in NCAA football this year, he is the most important person on any football field anywhere. He is the reason why the Wolverines have the record they have, why they're enjoying the season they're having. And as it turns out, he's a better person than he is a player because he spent a bunch of his NIL money handing out turkeys this week. You know, so just another great story uh, to, to bring to the table about Blake Corum and this magical season he's having for the Wolverines. But he's one of the highest rated position players we've seen in recent NCAA history. So if he's not ready to go... <laughs> 
The Wolverines are going to have a long, long day against the Buckeyes. You guys want to do a little breaking news? Do we have a breaking news stinger? Um, Bruce Feldman I like did tweet yours out. better. I, I, yeah, we should I, just roll with that. <laughs> maybe I'll do the I'll do the stinger. One of you guys can read Bruce Feldman's tweet. Michigan running back star uh, Blake Corum expected to try and play, likely limited. Yeah. Ooh, and yeah. again, at this point, I think that's what we all thought going in. I don't think that changes my feelings on the scenario very much. I would have been surprised if he was a hundred percent. Now I had some of my friends tweeting, "Oh, he wouldn't have been handing out turkeys." If he was 100%, I was like, a little different when you're walking around handing out turkeys than when you've got, you know, five, six, seven guys running at you to try to take you out. So I've never seen the guy handing out turkeys cut on the dime, <laughs> spin moves. I mean, it's people, a valid you know? point. Like, I don't know if you saw the picture. He was like double fisting turkey. Like, he had like two of them in his arm, like running yeah. them all up. But I, a little different scenario. Um, it also does look like Luke Schoonmaker, who's really, I know he's a tight end, but he's, you know, the, the Michigan's second leading receiver. He also will play Donovan Edwards, A.J. Henning, Trevor Keegan, offensive guards, also good to go. For Ohio State, it looks like Trevion Henderson, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba out, Mine Williams in. And you will likely see a lot of Dallin Hayden, likely. What I'm they just have a stable of running backs over there. Yeah, and we'll get into that. Like it's just it's they're three, four deep, where Michigan's like two deep. And I think that's the difference between these two programs right now. They can afford to miss some guys. Michigan cannot. Well, yeah, and, and also remember this is uh, this is a rivalry game, and also Michigan got one on them last year. Yes. And so if you have uh, Blake Corum who's limping around a little bit, not one hundred percent, and you have a motivated Buckeye team, which you know they will be, this could be one of those games. I don't think it's going to be a laugher. Like I don't think we're going to look up and it's the you know start of the second half, and we're like, well. The score is 28-7. Ohio State's continuing to roar on because they get the ball after the half. No, no, no. But can I see Michigan get beat by seven or ten points, especially if Corum's really not ready? Yeah, yeah. And I could see Ohio State try to roll it up on them if it's possible because they want to avenge that loss from a year ago. A lot of those guys in the locker room are the same guys from last year. So, so there's that, that aspect to this story as well. Man, I do see blowout potential today. Mm, I do. I I see a couple of, like couple of years ago. Remember when Michigan couldn't stop simple crossing routes against Ohio State and they yeah. scored sixty some points? Like I, I could see it getting out of hand where it's just not even competitive. Because ask yourself this: if Blake Corum isn't close to himself today, do you trust JJ McCarthy? They're, they're going to match points. They're, they're going to no match choice. points with CJ Stroud. Like, no, thank you. No, like, I, I'm not on that don't. side. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, it's it's they can't they can't score with them. It's going to come down to honestly, Michigan's defense. You know, like how how well you can hold right. up against Ohio State's offense. And so, look, yeah, if you're if you're pinning your chances of winning on McCarthy and your defense, I don't like your chances to win. Do I like right. your chances to maybe keep it competitive? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think I don't think you're necessarily looking to be embarrassed in that situation, but it isn't going to be as even a match if you had a healthy Blake Corum. Here's Weird the wrinkle week. here. The Go wrinkle ahead. is how Michigan holds up in their zone. Because C.J. Stroud, they pick apart zone. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best receiver, one of the best receivers in the country against zone. And Michigan loves to play that two-deep zone, and they keep everything in front of them. And how that zone sticks today is going to be key. Because originally we thought there was going to be weather. Last year there was weather. It was a snow game. The, the 
the punch in the mouth strategy was like per, it was like the perfect you know all the stars aligned for that last year. You had Haskins and Corum. You had the weather. You had home game. Now you're on the road. Good weather in Columbus, and Michigan's defense has only played one top 30 offense all season. That was Penn State. And Penn State's offense doesn't do the things that Ohio State does. They don't no. have a C.J. Stroud. I love no. Strong Clifford, but he's just <laughs> not that guy. So it's just it's a different vibe today than it was last year. And I think a lot of people are betting the game like it was last year's game. I'm seeing a lot of hand, a lot of tickets on Michigan. And I just I, I don't see it playing out that way this year. And we'll, we'll get into more later, but that's a little, you know, appetizer and by the way a weird week for both teams last week where michigan barely survives against illinois Mm. oh i know ohio state (laughs) i thought they were gonna lose i I honestly did yeah i did too i thought that michigan was gonna go down they squeaked it out but ohio state they had a tough time against maryland also so i don't know if it was a look ahead for both teams maybe or it's just one of those weeks you know you're getting close to the finish line sometimes you grip a little bit tighter the other team, they want to ruin your season. It's not easy, mm. but they somehow they remain unblemished here for the showdown. Michigan at Ohio State, very much looking forward to that. We are off and running here on the show. We are going to have a tremendous show today. I can feel it deep in my bones. Be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's live betting, the daily Lions boost, or the cash out feature. And new users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. All right, coming up next, the team that is awesome and brutal at the same time. (laughs) Which one will show up today? That's on the way. We've got Rich Ornberger, the Penn State All-American who loves to cook with a shaved clavicle. That (laughs) sentence sounds funny. It's two separate things. Huh? Sorry I put them together, but whatever. It's it's all in there, yeah. Yes. Jared Smith from PicksWise.com, lead betting analyst, does a tremendous job. Walks his dog. What kind of dog do you have, Jared? Pitbull Mix. He's sleeping right now. He's been good this week, actually. He deserves some treats this morning. He's been a good boy. Yeah. Me too. I just love that sentence. He's been good this week. This week has been good. I've been going out a lot recently because, you know, I have no life outside of this little bubble that you see on Saturdays. So I'm trying to branch out here in Las Vegas, but... He's been a good boy this week. I like it, man. I'm Brian Noah Long for the ride as well. Uh, We get to the team that's awful and awesome at the same time next. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer that's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. Okay, guys, so the team that's awesome and awful at the same time, that would be USC. Excellent offense. Pathetic defense, just brutal. <laughs> and I just started thinking, is USC better offensively or worse defensively? And I think the answer is they're better offensively because even though they're awful on defense, at least they forced turnovers. They forced four turnovers last week against UCLA. It's just amazing. They had four takeaways 
they still gave up 42 points and won by three. Like, how do all those things work together? Yet, that's what we saw last week. You could expect some of the same today in terms of really great offense, really brutal defense at times. And uh, that's just what USC has been this season. I don't know why it would change tonight. I think that's such a fair question you just asked. And I think the the greatest way to rate whether or not, you know, uh, an offense or a defense is better than a tough side of the ball for any team is by looking at their record. And the record reflects that USC has been able to overcome those shortcomings defensively by playing hero ball offensively the entire season. And Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, this pairing at quarterback and head coach, has been successful for the Trojans in their uh, opening salvo in Southern California. This offense... They can score at will. They can score at any position on the football field. Doesn't matter where they are. You know, post kickoff, touchback, you know, backed up against their own goal line, you know, middle of the field, red zone, red area, fringe area. They can score from anywhere. And and every team that faces them knows that. So the goal is to neutralize that threat. And the best way to do it is by putting a pass rush on Caleb Williams, is by trying to get to the quarterback, try to rattle his cage, especially early in the game, get some QB hits on him. Tough to do with such an impressive offensive line unit protecting him. But Notre Dame's got a pretty good pass rush, so that that could be an equalizer in this game. Yeah, and <clears throat> USC does have a couple of guys that can play on this defense. I mean, Tuli Tui Pulotu on the Bidneric watch list. You've got Blackman, the corner, who's a you know rising draft star. Um, and you've got a couple of safeties that are, you know, at least formidable. It's kind of the, 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 the soft underbelly of the defense in the middle, the linebacking core, especially at the second level, which has really struggled this year, especially to stop the run. And that's where this game gets fascinating because I can see this game. There is so much variance in this game. Because and, – and also, I don't know if you guys can bet the coin. You, you can't, but if you could bet the coin flip, USC wants the ball. They <laughs> want to get in front first. They want Drew Pine to play from the back foot. That is the strategy. And if you're Notre Dame, obviously you want to play from in front because then you can implement the running game, the play action, all of those things that you do well. When it's 14 nothing USC, because Caleb Williams gets the ball first, they drive down the field and scored, then quick three and out for Drew Pine, and then bing, bang, boom, Williams back in the end zone again. All of a sudden, you look up, it's 14 nothing. That's where this game gets out of hand. Notre Dame does not have that ability to come from behind. So who wins the first quarter? Who wins the opening game script? I would favor Lincoln Riley in that regard, to be perfectly honest. If you were going to ask me which coach can have a better game script, probably Lincoln Riley. But this is Marcus Freeman's moment. This is that time where we've seen him manage up in the big games, and they've competed in those games, but they have not yet won those games. This is an opportunity to show the world that you are that coach, that Notre Dame is that team under your guidance. So fascinating game. We'll get in plenty more X's and O's, I'm sure, and I just sent you guys my parlay of the day, and maybe it's a bit Irish-tinted, perhaps. Green... And gold oh, underlings there, yeah. and Uh-oh. that'll make. There's a couple legs in there that'll make you guys happy. We got the Aztecs in there too. Okay, we'll get to all this Look later. At but this. this is yeah, a. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like we're all kumbayaing today with all of our teams. <laughs> yeah, I did not yeah. put Penn State as a 20 point favorite in the parlay. Though. Yeah, that's I tough. Kept that out. Yeah, no, that's probably a good idea. It's really interesting to me. Two things. 
the contrast of styles where you can see USC, they're a lot better throwing the ball than Notre Dame is. Notre Dame can pound the rock. Been weird with Notre Dame's running game. There have been times at the beginning of the season they just could not run it, couldn't run it. And then as of late, they've had multiple games, especially against Clemson, where the other team just couldn't stop them. So I would expect Notre Dame's running game to have success tonight. The question is, do they stick with it if they're trailing by double digits, right? Do they get a little bit too pass-heavy? That'll be interesting if it presents itself. And the other thing that you mentioned, Jared, is – it's not like every defensive player on USC is a dud. They do have a couple of guys that are playmakers, but it shows you how awful the argument is. If anybody ever suggests the best college team could beat the worst NFL team, walk away from the conversation immediately yeah. before you do bodily harm. Because USC is a great example. They've got some playmakers, and they're freaking Awful because they have too many holes. And that's what would happen if you had the best college team go against the worst NFL team. It would be Boat Race City. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. People don't realize, like, well, I guess people do realize it, but I don't think it's impactful to to look at the NFL game and think like, okay, yeah, I mean, well, the Houston Texans, they're just so awful this year. How could they even go against an offense as potent as, uh, as USC? Well, the reality is every single one of those guys on that roster could be all Americans if they went back to USC right now. You know what I mean? Or they'd be all conference performers because that's what they were in college, you know, So, like you said, every position is so hemmed up, you'll be able to find the candy bar out there somewhere. You know, (laughs) like, it's it's just the reality of the situation. It's like, oh, well, that receiver, we can shut him down because we have the better matchup. Or that offensive lineman, like, we'll isolate him, understanding their protection strategies, and we'll get to the quarterback. It's so much more difficult to do that when you're on an even playing ground. In college football, Notre Dame, it's strength on strength this game with their pass rush against this offensive line. And and I'm really into this because there's always one game a week where it is the battle in the trenches, and I really truly feel like this is the game and it's spotlighted here. It actually was the USC game a week ago against UCLA that I shouted out, uh, a war in the trenches, and it kind of was except they neutralized each other. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't see a great amount of rush up front on either quarterback. They were kept clean, and so they're able to operate. We'll see if one side has more of an advantage than the other here between this Trojan offensive line through 100 dropbacks. Over, like, this is the rate of protection. Quarterback hits and sacks over 100 dropbacks. Teams are averaging under two QB hits or sacks <laughs> Per 100 dropbacks. It's wow. absurd. It's absolutely <laughs> absurd. And then on the other side, Notre Dame has uh, you know, top 10 performers across the board in their pass rush. It, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that battle, but it's going to be even more fun to watch some electricity offensively. This is my favorite game of the day. No doubt. In terms, in, in, in terms of a handicapping, like, you know, Kind stew. of a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's like all of these different – Little by, by the way, this fight song is just—it's tremendous. It, honestly, go. Brian, I—it's I, I, yeah—it's the best in college football. It really is. It's absolutely yeah. tremendous. Love. This. Um, I want to go run through a wall right now. 
We can extend this segment a, if you guys yeah, want to Yeah, let's just we should use it as a we should Actually, use it as a as the background. Let me just say oh, this. I know we're gonna, Indiana. <laughs> yeah, we're barnstorming Iowa. We're we, one of the things that has to be said, I know we'll get back to this game a bunch throughout the show, but college football is better when USC is good. Yeah. I mean, it's just and Notre Dame, frankly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. Actually, perfectly stated. Yeah. When these two teams are good or great, college football is that. I mean, it shines the brightest because I am true. Look, I'm going to be on a game call. I have a college football game to call the same time that this game is going on, mm. and it's my mind is already distracted. Which one is going to be more important to me? This mm. is so wow. much fun <laughs> because again, you USC. In their heyday, they, they they brought the attention of the college football world to Saturdays, and everybody was looking forward to those games to see what you know Reggie Bush was going to do. And before that, right, with, with the Notre Dame fighting Irish, I mean, before there were all these different networks, I mean, they were America's hero or villain, depending on which side you fell on this. And so it was... It was always Notre Dame, right? They were everybody's rival. And and when these two teams who are natural rivals face each other, I mean, it just sets up fireworks when they're good, and that's exactly where we're at. These two teams are good. USC has a real chance to play in a playoff game if they get this win plus one more, and the stakes couldn't be higher. It's fantastic. It is. I just think you should open up the broadcast tonight with honesty, Rich. Yeah. And just say, I I'm don't sure know if San I'm more Diego into State this game I'm that. calling or <laughs> keeping tabs on Notre Dame USC. You know, yeah. there it is. It's just a beautiful start thing. Start it off that way. <laughs> There's a couple more wrinkles here that I want to get to, and it's really the tight end for UCLA, Zeke, who had an unbelievable game last week, three touchdowns. Yeah, Michael Mayer might have a really good game, guys. Um, like that, to me, is the matchup to watch here where Notre Dame can get a little bit of, I don't want to call it explosion, but... I don't. I don't even know what you what adjective you would use to describe the the you know what Michael Mayer brings to this offense, but that would be the the one guy that Drew Pine can go to. And listen, injury wise, Foskey coming back for Notre Dame's huge, right? Like him yeah. back in the lineup, that pass rush, getting Caleb Williams uncomfortable. How is Marcus Freeman going to scheme that? Man, like th- if they can get some pressure on Caleb Williams. And they can make him a little bit uncomfortable. Notre Dame has a big edge here in the trenches. I don't think there's any other edge in this game bigger, wider than Notre Dame's offensive line against USC's defensive line. And Rich, I'm, if you're going into a game and you know that you can smack the other team's defensive line in the mouth and you collectively as your five guys, six if you count the tight end up front, can just push forward, you're feeling pretty good going into that game regardless of, you know, who's on the other side offensively. So that to me, I think Notre Dame is, they've got, I think they feel like this is their game. And if I was on their offensive line, I would feel that way. Well, like if, I, if I were the Fighting Irish offensively, the, the meeting room would just be like, listen, if we gain three yards a pop on every single play, they can't beat us. Yeah, third and one. Like, every third and yeah. one is a first down, right? Yeah, like, like that's, the, that's the mindset you have to come into the game. Like, we need to put ourselves into short, short yardage positions because they can't handle us up front. And if we do that, guys, we're going to win. And mm. so we'll control the rock. Like, it, there's no question Notre Dame is going to try to slow down this game. If they yeah. don't, they're crazy. So I'm expecting to see exactly what you said. Ball possession offense and uh, and keep the ball away from Caleb Williams. It's been a down year 
that many teams dream of having. We'll get to that right around the corner. It's never a down year. It's never a down day. It's never a down minute. When we hear from this guy, Mr. Isaac Lohenfron. Yes. With us. I love what's going on, buddy. Especially wow. when we have live sports to talk about, namely oh, yeah. the World Cup. And as we speak, Poland still has a one nothing lead over Saudi Arabia. They're just about to cross into the 71st minute. The only goal of the match coming at the 39th minute on a goal by Poland's Piotr Zelensky. Then in first half stoppage time, Poland goalie Wojciech Chesney saved a Saudi Arabia penalty kick. The rebound was live, and he made another save off the rebound from point-blank range. Earlier today, the Socceroos, Australia, defeated Tunisia 1-0. Australia now 1-1 in this World Cup. In college football on Friday night, 16th-ranked Florida State ran over Florida 45-38 as the Seminoles ran for over 200 yards for a seventh straight game. Trey Benson ran for 111-3 touchdowns, including the game winner with 4.06 to play. Kicking off at noon Eastern from the horseshoe, number two Ohio State against third-ranked Michigan. Michigan's Blake Corum is expected to play. Ohio State's Travion Henderson and Jackson Smith and Jigba are both expected to be out. In the NBA on Friday night, LeBron James made his return after missing five games with a strained left abductor. He scored 21 points in the Lakers' 105-94 win at San Antonio. It was the Lakers' first road win of the season. They're now 6-11 overall. Golden State defeating Utah 129-118. Steph Curry, 33 points and six three-pointers. And Portland got a career-high 44 from Jeremy Grant and beat the Knicks at overtime at the Garden 132-129. Fellas, all yours. Good stuff, Ilo. As always, it's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Let's dive into this. Let's go! SEC Matchup of the Day. It is Auburn at Alabama, the Iron Bowl over here. And you look at Alabama, they've had the quote-unquote down year. There's no doubt. They're 9-2. and two. They're on the outside of the playoff chase looking in. But you start looking at this season, they lost in overtime at LSU by a point when LSU went for two and got it. And then they lost on the road against Tennessee in a game that was a coin flip game. Could have gone either way. <laughs> Boom. Welcome to the down year at Alabama. It's a year that a lot of teams would dream of having, but for their standards, it's a down season. And uh, Auburn, down for their standards as well. Five and six heading into this thing. But it just blows my mind that Alabama, we just look at them like, oh gosh, what a horrible, pathetic season. They, they lost two games that could have gone their way easily, and it's a down year for them. That's just how they are. Yeah, I, I mean, look, this is going to be a lot of fun either way, but I agree with you. What's so interesting about this game is we're so not used to seeing Nick Saban kind of out of contention at this point mm. in the year. Uh, and so I, I feel like the emotions are only going to be higher. Like, I, I, I sort of feel like if Alabama has an opportunity to run away with one here, they will. Rivalry game. Uh, everybody's saying some of the things that you just mentioned there, Brian. This feels like one of those games where Saban, if, if this Crimson Tide team gets a hold of this game early, they are going to punish the Tigers. Oh, yeah, because it's going it to be a lot of pent-up frustration. Got to yeah. get a lot of that rat poison worked out right here at Bryant-Denny. Uh, so it's going to be a fascinating watch. What a what a great angle, Rich. Honestly, and that's the contrarian of what you would think. 
in your mind, the first place you go is up oh, Alabama out of it. They don't they don't care. Twenty two point spread, like oh my goodness. But I, I think you're right because it's that you know pressure that's off. It's just it's go play. Like you're so much better than this team in every single category. And I will also throw one more wrinkle into the fire that I think makes this game blowout potential. I think. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. When you see these lines come out for the bowl games, today will be Bryce Young's last game in an Alabama uniform. Mm. And Will Anderson. I, I think. I, mm. I don't know for sure, but I think, based off of what we've seen in prior years at the level that these guys are playing at and what they have in front of them in April, this will be Bryce Young and Will Anderson's final game in an Alabama uniform today. So That's interesting right there, yeah. Take that into consideration now does it matter if they win by 30 is he going to remember that when he's old and gray telling you know his friends about his time at alabama oh we beat auburn in 2022 in a meaningless game by 30 no but his teammates probably really want to play hard for him especially his receiving group that's been really bad this year and not explosive like we're used to. Now, Auburn, I mean, you got to give credit to Cadillac Williams. Like, he is the brand of Auburn football right now. They're running the ball. And in the last three games under Brian Harson, they were outrushed by 150 a game. Three games under Cadillac, outrushed their opponent by almost 200 yards per game. That's all well and good when you're facing Texas A&M and all these. When you're facing Alabama, you're down 21 nothing. That ain't going to work. So, again, like the USC-Notre Dame game script, this is like that game script on steroids because I just I think Alabama's going to get off to that start and Auburn's going to be forced to throw the ball, and that is not where they want to be. So the style of this game might just completely get away from the Tigers. And then, then, oh, by the way, you throw that wrinkle in that this is Bryce Young's probably last game, and maybe he's told his teammates that already. Um, That is, to me, a good reason to not back the dog. And if you bet this game, I I, I would look to Bama. Yeah, Bama favored by 22 22 points. And you might immediately think, oh, rivalry game. You you just got to take the dog in this one. But for everything that you guys just explained – Yes, this could be a release of anger from Bama today. Very well could be in a rivalry game. Sometimes the rivalry spot works the opposite way for the favorite. And this could be a spot because if Bama slows down Auburn's running game, it is a freaking wrap. They aren't going to do anything offensively if they can't run the ball. So Alabama knows that heading into this game. So you know they're going to key in on Auburn's running game because the passing game just isn't going to hurt them the same way. Yeah, you know, and you listen to the way Nick Saban has discussed this matchup and talking about uh, interim head coach Cadillac Williams and, you know, the mentality that they've sort of encompassed around the personality of their new coach. Um, he, he's been nothing but respectful and honest about what he sees on film. Like, they've truly transformed as an offense, and they're playing way more motivated at this point in their season. But as as complimentary as he is, and he usually is, leading up to matchups, you know that come game day, if, if this Auburn team is motivated by the personality of their new head coach, what do you think? The Crimson Tide aren't going to be motivated by Nick Saban's spite? The fact that he has such <laughs> an overwhelming hatred for people like us who talk about football, who, who serve as nothing but a distraction 
to the greater good of winning football games for him and his group of men who he's asking to go out there and bang heads for 60 minutes on Saturdays. I think that this this has blowout potential all over it. Yeah, it really does. Okay, we've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American with us. We've got Jared Smith, lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, you know like when Babe Ruth called a shot and pointed to the outfield over there like, I'm going to hit a home run. Our own Jared Smith is not only pointing to the outfield saying he's going to hit a home run, he's pointing to the street across the stadium saying, I'm going to hit the ball over that also. To the moon. That's right. We will get his selections right around the corner. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? Oh, we've got two hours and ten minutes until kickoff here. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. We also have breaking news. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Love that. Yeah. Official. NFL media has just reported that the deal between Matt Rule and Nebraska has been agreed to. So the former head coach with the Carolina Panthers and at Baylor is back in the college ranks officially, fellas. Very nice. I was basically like Walter Cronkite. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. the way it was. <laughs> I just, I just picture him just puffing a heater, just giving us the nightly news. Just listen, we got wars, we got troubles, but <laughs> rules going back to college. And Boys, that's away from it. That, that's a tumbler of whiskey, also. To- <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, no, you need the you need the whiskey tumbler, like on the set with you at, like you know, with the little glass. I think it's five and- o'clock at the World Cup, so that's my justification yeah. for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I like the range of Ilo because the breaking news, and this is not a criticism, a little more buttoned up, a little yeah. more professional here, you know, a little yeah, more upright, sitting and and when it's the updates at the bottom of the hour, we loosen the collar, little chest Loosey hair goosey. showing, little yeah. gold medallion, you know, I, I you like can the hear range the, of You can hear the jingle of the rocks in his glass, you know, in the updates. <laughs> that is a great sound, actually. That gets me in the mood right there. Yeah, man. All right, we got to get to Jared calling his shot. Let's do that here. Check this out. Parlay platter. Okay, our parlay platter is brought to you by BetMGM. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on refer a friend to invite a friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sports books, the king of parlays. Okay, Mr. Parlay Platter, what do you have for us today? Jared? All right, so we've got France on the money line. We've got um, – <laughs> so, oh, no, sorry, wrong football. Um, okay, yeah, no, we're going to take a shot today. We're going to go with a big swing. And two of the bets of this parlay are, are pretty average in terms of the, the odds. But this first one is, is a big boy. Um, I'm going to play UTEP on the money line at UTSA. This is a 6-1 to one underdog. Whoa. And this is <clears throat> basically the exact same situation as last year for the Roadrunners. Remember when they were undefeated and everyone was talking how great they were? And they are really great. 
And they before the week before the Conference USA Championship game, they played North Texas in a meaningless game for everyone except the players on North Texas. And they lost that game uh, by three scores. Well, today they face UTEP, and UTEP has everything to play for because they have five wins, and they're trying to get bowl eligible for the second straight season, which hasn't happened in a long time. And I'm saying the Miners win this game outright. I'm taking 17 as well, but I'm putting the money line in the parlay. Notre Dame, listen, we talked about this game. The variance here with Notre Dame style, I think, gives me some value on the money line. If they cover, they're probably going to win. That's just how I feel. They either win or they lose big. That's the way I see this game going. And I will also throw San Diego State in the parlay. Rich, I'm curious your thoughts here, but I think they've got a matchup edge against Air Force. Extra day to prepare. They played last Friday. Extra day for the option. I love that, and I think their defense is going to control the tempo in this game against the Falcons. Amazing. There it is. There big, it is. Big whopper. Nice little 50 payoff. to win two grand. 38 wow. to 1. Two grand. Okay. Two Coming grand. up next, gutty performance last week. What will we see today? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Just about two hours until kickoff. Big noon kickoff. We got a big one here, Michigan at Ohio State. Get you all prepared for that one in a full slate of games. Rivalry week. Let it wash over you. Feel the flow over here. We'll get to some of the matchups in just a little bit, but reaction to the breaking news today. Matt Rule heading back to college football. Didn't work out as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. But he is going to Nebraska, replaces Scott Frost. Uh, I know they had an interim coach, but he's effectively replacing Scott Frost. I like the move. Matt Rule seems to be more of a college guy, maybe yeah. a little bit Chip Kelly-ish, if you will, just in terms of success between college versus the NFL. But, hey, I was talking to Iowa Sam just a minute ago, our technical producer, and we thought the same thing. He made the point we thought the same thing about Scott Frost. We thought it was going to be amazing, and it was not. Scott Frost built up UCF, thought he would do the same thing at Nebraska, didn't work out. I go into this optimistic that Matt Rule is going to make that program better, but how much better, I don't know. The results might be disappointing. We'll see how it shakes out. Well, when you look at his track record head coaching, I understand that it is the recency bias that we all have may feel like, well, he's the wrong man for this job, right? Because of how poorly he built up a program in the NFL, but not so fast. Let's rewind the clock back to 2014 when Matt Rule took over a Temple Owls football team uh, that was two, no, four and seven, I want to say the year before. His first season, they were two and 10. I mean, they were left for dead. They were awful. And he turned that program around. His second year as head coach, six and six even record. His third year with the program, a ten and four team finished their season with a loss at the Boca Raton Bowl. Another f- a ten win team uh, the following season, and then he was off to Baylor, another team in disarray when he took over the program, and he was able to bring them back to some level of prominence as well. His first year with Baylor. The 2017 season, 1-11, and 11, okay? Yeah. They were scraping bottom. Second year, 7-6, and six, got them to the Texas Bowl. Third year with the program, 
they were in the Sugar Bowl, an 11-win team. Now, they lost that bowl game, and then we know the story from there. He ends up in the NFL, but he's back in college football. There are certain coaches who their messaging and their abilities lend themselves better to the college game, and I think that's Matt Rule. I think somehow the message just it wasn't strong enough. He didn't have good enough players. Maybe you can make the argument he never had a quarterback really that that was was uh, a sure fire at the NFL level. So he never got to unlock some of the offensive brilliance. But yeah, I I think this is a good hire for the Huskers. I agree. I I don't think there's anything bad about what Matt Rule did in college, and I, I think. You have to look at – I don't want to compare him to Nick Saban, but you have to look at that model of coaches that just completely flopped in the NFL but have this way of connecting with the younger, you know, up-and-coming, let's-bring-you-back-to-prosperity type of, of, of player. And I think that's what Nebraska is right now. I mean, Nebraska's been the joke of college football for a long time over the last few years. Like, they seem to be the butt of a lot of jokes – and I think that's what Rich just described with Temple and what he just described with Baylor. It's the same mold. It's the same model. And I don't know what the scheme will look like. I don't know what the coaching staff he'll bring in. We'll see what, you know, other little, you know, accoutrement he, he, he brings to that program to, to, to dress it up. And then once we get to game day next year, we'll really pull back the curtain and see how well of a program rebuilder he really is. This is, of all of those other programs, Temple and Baylor, they don't have the history that Nebraska does, the pressure, the boosters. It's a different animal there. So we'll see how he handles this specific situation. But the track record, to me, fits the mold. And Nebraska kind of fits what Temple and Baylor were during the times that he came in there and, and really, you know, kick-started those programs. So I, I think it's a great hire, and, and I, I, I wish him the best of luck because I, I hated seeing how just miserable he was at Carolina, and he got a few bad breaks along the way. But this is going to be a, a, a good hire, I think, that will be received very well in the college football community. Kind of interesting as far as fit goes. Because if you rewind back to Matt Rule with the Carolina Panthers, he was butting heads with his offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. And Joe Brady was highly thought of, you know, bright, young, offensive mind. And Matt Rule was like, run the ball, run the ball. (laughs) And they were butting heads. For him to go to Nebraska with the run the ball mentality, and a lot of that was circumstance sure. with the, with Carolina, but just that run the ball, and now he's Nebraska's head coach. I, I love mean, he fits in fit great there. in the Big Ten, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Play a lot of seven six games against Iowa <laughs> well, next year and future years. I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you a comparison that feels very apt. And it's perfect timing because obviously Harbaugh's got a big one coming up later on against Ohio State. But Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, another guy who at the collegiate level built up USD, um, University of San Diego, uh, turned them into a winner, then went to Stanford, built them up and then was hired by the 49ers and actually had success at the NFL level for years, was able to build up the 49ers who were kind of a laughing stock and and just sort of uh, coasting off of their past history, the Montana and Young years up until that point. And I think the message went stale. 
I think guys kind of – there was a little bit of a mutiny in the locker room. Guys were tired of working as hard as he wanted to work at that level. And, again, sometimes that messaging – like Pete Carroll was able to take that that collegiate messaging and transfer it seamlessly to the NFL and get a lot of buy-in. And even then still people were talking about how the message may be going stale 10 years later, 12 years later, whatever it's been with Carroll and the Seahawks. But with Jim Harbaugh, it happened sooner. He gets forced out. He goes to Michigan – and does a lot of good for the Wolverines football program. Gets a big win against Ohio State last season. Um, that's the most important game on the docket. We all know that. And he needed that because the seat was starting to warm up. But I guess my point is, that's kind of my comp here. Is I could see Matt Rule going to mm-hmm. Nebraska and taking a, 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 a team a program that's had a great history and reigniting some of that with his name recognition, his ability to recruit and surround his program with players who he feels like he can win with. Yeah. So the landing is going to be soft because they open at Minnesota, then they play Colorado, then Northern Illinois, then Louisiana Tech, then Northwestern, then Illinois before a home game against Michigan on October 14th. My guess is they're favored in maybe three of the first four. Maybe the, I don't know about Minnesota, but you know they're not exactly. They're losing a lot, too, with Morgan and Ibrahim. And then they're definitely going to be favored against Northwestern. They're probably a slight dog against Illinois and then obviously a big dog against Michigan. So chance for him to get off to a good start before, I don't want to call it the, the meat of the Big Ten schedule. The Big Ten West isn't exactly murderer's row. But interesting conference game to start and then three very easy non-conference games as that soft landing for him. So I I think that is a positive and I think that will maybe help Nebraska get settled, but we'll see. I mean, the, the recruiting and, you know, a lot of the things that go into a college job, he hasn't done in a few years now. So it's going to be a interesting transition for him, especially again, He's coming to a program that is downtrodden but has massive expectations every year because it's Nebraska. And how he handles that will also be curious. I, I think it's a great – I think he's going to do right. great. And I, I love reclamation projects. I don't know him yeah. personally, obviously, but he seems like a, a pretty, uh, pretty stout individual with his, with his personality and, 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 and with his morals and everything. So um, I, I'm excited because I think right. anything that's good for the Big Ten – Get Nebraska back to prominence. I think that's a good thing for the rest. I of think the, the uh, reclamation project is really interesting yeah. because coaches who get their flowers get their props for a reclamation project. Whether it's Matt Rule at Baylor yeah. or go to the NFL, this is dated, but think about Bill Parcells. Yeah, where sure. he built the Patriots up, he built the Jets up. They made it to an AFC Championship game. Both of those franchises were brutal when he took over, and he got a lot of credit and deservedly so for that. I think it's really interesting. If Matt Rule brings Nebraska just back to respectability, he might get more credit for that than, say, the next head coach who takes over for Nick Saban. And if they they win or a the championship coach right job away, at Carolina probably. Yeah, it's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. eh, all right. So it's the Barry Switzer type thing when he took over the Cowboys. It's just interesting. You could win big, replacing someone that has already won big and get limited flowers. But if you take over a reclamation project like Rule is with Nebraska, if you bring that team just to winning double-digit games, not necessarily challenging for a national championship, you could get more flowers for doing that. Well, and then also, and that's a great point, 
I think it's it's always better to catch to buy stock low, right? You know, oh, yeah. like catch the wave before it's even a wave, and then you get to ride that sucker home. And there's no question where Nebraska's at right now. He'd be catching the wave at the right point, and he's done this time and time again. Again, going back to Temple, where the the program was scraping bottom his first year, two and ten. Going back to Baylor, his first year, a one win team with the Baylor Bears. He was able to bring both these teams to double-digit wins within three years. So can he do it for the Huskers is the question. A, B, um, the the point you made either way, even if they're not a 10-win team, say, in three years, say they're still you know fighting their way out of mediocrity in the Big Ten, that's better than being a laughing stock. You know, oh. So he's buying this stock extremely, extremely low with the Huskers. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. can, I mean, they they lost to Northwestern in Ireland yeah. on opening day. Like what? Like what? What else? <laughs> Just, like that is the bottom. Of, I mean, I mean, they, of the barrel for college. They almost ball. left Frost in, in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be the leprechaun here. hanging out in. in yeah. I don't even know what towns they I have I just there. love I'm the explanation for someone who's like, just how low is the stock over here with Nebraska, Jared? Well, let me walk you through this. They lost to Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah. what a year it's been guys yeah. yeah absolutely hey every time you make a wager at BetMGM you earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk free tokens they can also be converted to MGM rewards points that can be used towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts alright we got so much to get to we've got previews galore we've got college football playoff rankings to discuss. We have limited seats available here. We have four of them to be exact. And we have more than four teams vying for those four seats. Who is likely to be left out in the cold? We are just under two and a half hours. I'm sorry, one and a half hours until kickoff. We'd say about 145 until the ball is flying in the air. We've got Jared Smith from PicksWise.com. We've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American. I picture Rich wearing a neck, neck brace. It's probably not the case, but I, I picture the old. <laughs> you mean the neck like rolls? circular, the neck oh, yeah. roll. Like, yeah, oh, no, no, no. like the Brian you are, Bosworth. Gosh. You are so close. I had the cowboy collar. Love oh, it. Oh, you did? Oh, yes. <laughs> like it kind of veers Man. out. Yeah, you guys like just bowling over <laughs> yeah. teams. In I'll send you a picture. Rich. I'll send you a picture. You that are crushing like Minnesota's Jay, hopes. You are the Jay Novacek. The Jay Novacek, the old uh, Cowboys tight end. Did he have that kind of? Yeah, I, yeah that's I, exactly right. Yeah, Here, it's I'll the Brian Bosworth right too. He, he, yeah. he definitely yeah, had. That was a good look with the Boz <laughs> as well. Boz. I'm Brian, though, hanging out with you as well. Coming up next, we get to the playoff discussion and also – Gritty last week. What's in store this week? We'll break it all down. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Just about an hour and 
35-ish minutes until kickoff here. We got Ohio State hosting Michigan to kick things off on Big Fox. Oh, yes! Very much looking forward yes! to that one. Yes! Hey, before we get to the college football playoff rankings, how about a, a preview here? The artist formerly known as the Civil War. And we got Oregon <laughs> at Oregon State. Oregon State, the Beavs, a home dog, plus two and a half at BetMGM. Bo Nix, very gritty as the Oregon quarterback last week. Had an ankle-slash-foot injury, was very limited mobility-wise last week against Utah, but still played well. Still uh, gritted it out. Gritty performance by Bo Nix, and threw the ball very well. And Cam Rising, not so much. Not so much last week. It was enough for the Ducks last week, but the question is, where is Bo Nix's mobility today because that's a big part of his success and he was not even close to himself last week give him props for gutting it out but I wonder if the same thing is true today if Oregon's even able to get the win yeah you know what's what's fascinating about Oregon is we concentrate so much on Bo Nix that we've rarely spoken about Bucky Irving who I think is one of the more elusive running backs in college football today. He breaks a lot of tackles, man. And I don't know if it weren't for him if the Ducks have as good of a season as they've had because they've really had to fall back on that run game a couple of times where you had uneven performances by Knicks. So I'm, I'm excited to see this game. Um, you know, Oregon State comes in with the highest run defense grade in the Pac-12. Uh by by a pretty wide margin, by the way. Like, they're, they're really talented in their front seven stopping the run game. So if this is a win for the Ducks, and I'm assuming it will be, it feels like you, sh- you should say that maybe, except for the fact that it's a rivalry game. It's really going to come down to who wins – in the run game, can can the Beavs stop the run? Can, is Irving held to a minimal uh, amount of offensive help? And will Bonick shine if that's the case? Yeah, I, I, I agree. And you look at what Oregon did last week. It was a tough, tough situation last week. They had no idea if Bonick was going to play. And, you know, Kenny D, Kenny Dillingham, the offensive coordinator for Oregon, Kind of drew you. You could tell that the scheme Oregon ran last week was not meant for Bo. They were running a lot of read option, and Bo couldn't run. And I think the you know the install was Ty Thompson. We're going to run the ball with him, and we're going to use his legs. And he's not much of a thrower; he's more of a runner. And then all of a sudden, Bo guts it out, and they had to run a lot of those packages that just it was like square peg round hole. And it's really surprising because the Ducks were held to a 40% success rate on the ground last week. That's 25% lower than what their average success rate is running the ball, which, by the way, is the number one rushing success rate in the country. So you go from running the football very successfully every week to having to switch your scheme Thompson in, oh, now, now it's Knicks. We can't run the ball against Utah because they're stacking the ball. It, it was a tough, tough game plan last week I think they'll have an easier time running it today because they have the full week of reps with Knicks under center everything we're hearing is is positive for him that being said Oregon State does struggle stopping the run you know Utah's had some struggles this year too I think their personnel's better than Oregon State you know but to me outside the top 80 in in rushing success rate allowed so I, I see Oregon having success on the ground here and and let's be honest 
Oregon should be in the Pac-12 championship game. That's, they're one of the best teams in the Pac-12. So if they lose this game today, all of a sudden, that game, the game against Washington becomes very important. And I just don't see a Pac-12 title game in my mind, in my alternate reality universe that I live in most of the time during this show, where Oregon's not in it. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 see, I know that the spread's three, and it's tightened to you know, three and a half, now three. And I get that there's home dog vibes, and you know, it's, a, it's a tough atmosphere at Research Stadium, even though it's a little bit decreased capacity. I just don't see Oregon State winning this game. And I, I think I, I really vision a world where Oregon is in the Pac-12 championship game. And in order for that to happen, they probably have to win today. So as much as last week was a shot across the bow and Utah kind of bumbled that game away, Utah should have won that game last week, frankly. I, I think it'll play out a little differently this week. I think Oregon's got a lot more success on the ground with their offense against this Oregon State defense. Well, I just love the conversation. If you shift it from Oregon to the college football playoff, and yeah. of course, four spots up for grabs. I love the conversation this week where it's like, why not fill in the blank? Why not Alabama? Huh? Why, why not them? Why, why, why not Oregon? You know, it's like, guys, <laughs> you can't make up that much ground. You'd have to have utter chaos. Let's walk through this. If TCU wins out, they're in. Whether you think they should or not, they're in. They're going to be in there. Georgia, they're in regardless if they win the SEC championship game or not. Uh, the winner of Ohio State-Michigan is going to be in. Yep. That's uh, a certainty. Uh, the loser is probably out. I think it would have to be an absolute classic today and probably Michigan losing by like a last-second field goal to have a chance. If Ohio State even loses at home in classic fashion, I, I don't know that they can sneak in. And so if that's the case... Georgia's in, the winner of Ohio State-Michigan is in, let's say TCU is in. You've got one spot. There's only so much ground you can make up if there's one spot available. Yeah, yeah, it it does feel like too much work that needs to be done if that's the case. I, you know what's so fascinating about these conversations is these are these are very real conversations to be had when we're talking about the top four teams in college football because of how important it is to say you're the national championship champion. Even though, like, if we were to like stop the season right now and reorganize based on power rankings, like how well these teams are playing right now, throw record out. You know, and just concentrate on like defensive statistics, offensive statistics, you know, how your quarterback's playing, how your pass rush looks, how your run game's going, how you're stopping the run. I mean, this would look completely different, but that's not the world we live in. We live in a very black and white world when it comes to wins and losses. And when you have teams like Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, who are undefeated, that's what it's going to look like until we see one of these teams falter. And I don't have any problem with that, but it's going to get real interesting when this expands to 12, because I think we could have those arguments then. Uh, where it's like, well, this three-loss team, but look at their defense and the way they're playing now, or look how many points their offense scores in the second half now. And those three losses were good losses. It's going to start looking more and more like the college basketball tournament instead of its current format. I, I think we're, we're going to start heading towards more power indexes instead of looking and concentrating so much on records. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it, before we came back from break, Colin Coward had his little uh, – the, 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 the promo about how Alabama's not out of it yet. 
They're so um, out of it. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> Colin, so if it. you'd like to have me on so I can explain why they're out of it, I am available. Call, call. You know, we, we can talk about it. They're not even listed on the odds to yeah. win the college football playoff. Yeah. Like, there's your indicator right there. Like, the odds makers are so confident that Alabama is not in it. They are not even listed. I'm looking at BetMGM's board right now. Not even on the board. And that's because two reasons, really. One, they have two losses and they're not playing in their, in their conference title game. And two, they have two losses and they're not playing in their conference title game. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's it. Period. End of story. <laughs> like, that is the, like the, the committee has shown time and time again the conference title, the end of the season games matter more. Those games are weighted more. I think they would rather take a two-loss Pac-12 champion than, than Alabama at this point because that yeah. conference championship game counts as like a game and a half really, in the committee's eyes. Is that fair? Maybe, maybe not. That's not up for debate right now. The debate is who is going to be in the college football playoff, and realistically, Alabama's out. Yeah. Oregon's I'll just out, say, I, I think, yeah. too, unless they get a miracle. Like, Oregon really is the only chaos team that I can see getting in, or LSU, with, with, two, with two losses, because they at least play in their conference title game. It's, uh, it's not just who Alabama would need to leapfrog to be a Final Four team. It's the teams behind them that would leapfrog them. If like Clemson, Clemson, Clemson exactly. wins out, they're yeah. an ACC champion, they're leapfrogging 100%. Alabama. If Oregon wins out, like you just said, they'd be a two-loss conference champion who would just have beaten USC. Like, they're leapfrogging Alabama. Alabama yeah. has no chance to sneak None. into this thing. None. It's over. They're not Zero. even listed on the odds board. You can't yeah. even bet them <laughs> to make it to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, uh, but hey... The odds of us having an award-winning update right now, mm. that's at minus 50 million. You know, that's a, you'd have to lay 50 million to win $100. It's a lock. It's an absolute lock because we have Isaac Lowenkron with us. Ilo, what's going on, man? You know, I could just, like, stumble and fumble and bumble and get all the scores wrong and completely wreck that bet and get the people in Vegas furious at me, but I'm not going to. I appreciate those odds, especially because it's been a news-filled Saturday starting in college football where Nebraska has officially announced the hiring of Matt Rule as its new head coach to the former head coach with the Carolina Panthers and at Baylor and Temple once again back in the college ranks. And, fellas, for the best, most reasonable perspective – and commentary about this move. What better source than going to the comments section beneath the tweet by Nebraska officially announcing the hire? Here we go. Oh, boy. All right. Now, these voices are estimated. Michael comments, quote, let's see his staff before I go outside and try to do a backflip. Oh, wow. Joshua (laughs) getting Mike Riley vibes all over again. Stop. Nwab, that's right, Nwab, comments, seems like a good hire, keeping in mind Jeff Saturday is not available. Oh, my God. And finally, (laughs) you guys remember the former Nebraska head coach, Bo Pelini? Oh, yeah. There is a very popular parody Twitter account called Mm. Faux Pelini, and Faux Pelini comments, quote, 
fine. I withdraw my application. Unquote. <laughs> nothing That's like the best of the bunch right there. I yeah, love. nothing like measured, thoughtful reaction to the Matt Rule hire by Nebraska. Meanwhile, Sports Illustrated just reported that in the last few hours, Auburn's search has moved from Lane Kiffin and zeroed in on Liberty head coach Hugh Freeze. Negotiations are ongoing and could be finalized as soon as tonight. That a report by Sports Illustrated. Kicking off and about an hour and a half from the horseshoe in Columbus. It's number two Ohio State against third-ranked Michigan. At the World Cup, Poland has defeated Saudi Arabia 2-0 on goals by Piotr Zielinski and Robert Lewandowski. Earlier Saturday, Australia defeated Tunisia 1-0. Kicking off at the top of the hour, it will be France against Denmark. And with that, fellas, it's all yours. I do love, thank you, Isaac Lohenkron here on Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. I love the range with uh, of the reaction to Matt Rule being hired as Nebraska's head coach. It ranges from backflips in the street, shirtless, this is unbelievable, we're Why back, baby, to I don't know, I got to see who he hires for his staff before I get a, even the slightest bit giddy. I just, I love the range of that reaction. Fan is short for fanatic, right, Rich? I'm sure you oh. got a lot of that. Oh, yeah. All of our nut job Nittany Lions screaming it, it's, at you every week. It's the commonplace for, for cynicism and overreaction <laughs> both. You just – I love it too. I, I mean, if it weren't for fans, then football wouldn't be as much fun. True. That's the reason why you can pack in 100,000 people in one place at one time agreeing to watch the same thing. By the way, what do you guys make of Lane Kiffin where, again, he's reiterated – to Ole Miss officials and staff members, he plans on remaining the head coach at Ole Miss. It, it, really, my read on it is, hey, guys, give me some more cash yeah, if you yeah. want me here. Look at what Auburn's about to offer me. I, that's my read on it. He doesn't want to go, but it's like, guys, you got to show me the love, meaning some more money is yeah, look, what the, I think the, this is. The reality of coaching at the college level at this point is your, your boosters can quietly match or come close to matching what other coaches are being offered to coach elsewhere. You know, so we'll never hear about it because nobody needs to. It's it's not money that's important to the program from their book standpoint, but you absolutely can see how that would be a, a great reason to stay just where you are. Okay, let's dive into this right now. Follow the money. Real good money. All right, we are following the money with our man, Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM. Welcome in here. Uh, Seamus, always good to talk to you, man. Line movement. What has moved the most during the week that has caught your eye? You have a keen eye, Seamus, for line movement. What stands out to you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Uh, apologies for my voice. I was screaming at the USA-England game yesterday. Oh, um, what a game. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, definitely the most eye-catching movement, I think, has to be the uh, Notre Dame-USC game. <clears throat> we opened six and a half USC on that, and it's been sharp money all week going towards Notre Dame. 
Yeah, I, I really think Notre Dame is, is a fascinating side there. So we have more, I don't want to call it breaking news, but let's call it trending news, Seamus. The Ohio State line trending towards double digits. I'm seeing eight and a half, nine now. I was able to get seven and a half very early in the week. I thought there was a chance because of the weather and because of everybody in the public loving Michigan as a dog, it might get back to seven. But clearly that ship has sailed with Ohio State now trending um, towards double digits. Yeah, we quite literally just moved uh, off the seven and a half to uh, eight and a half now for Ohio State. It's a it's a heavily bet game. There's a lot of money coming in on this game. Uh, mostly, like I feel like on the money line, there's definitely a lot of Michigan money line coming in. Uh, but we're starting to see Ohio State handle for the spread uh, ramp up in the coming hours to this game. They must be listening to our show. Yeah, yeah, they probably are. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's all our fault. Yeah. Um, when, when we were just discussing college football playoff rankings, it, it's already getting our minds kind of moving ahead. How, how much action have you seen future bets in, in recent weeks or this week? Is that starting to pick up speed on college football playoffs, on potential uh, conference championship futures? What are you seeing in terms of, of that betting? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's similar to college hoops where you see a lot more futures action in the coming days of March Madness. Um, the more, the, the clearer the picture gets for the playoff, the more bets you see starting to come in. So we saw some USC money coming in last week, for example. Uh, even more Michigan and, and Ohio State money coming in, for example. So definitely starting to see a pickup. Also, the keen eye that you have, Seamus, is for uh, zeroing in on certain games. And I don't, I don't want to brand this Seamus lock of the week, although we could. Although you've had a tremendous the record. special. Yes, the, that's a better way to put it. I know yeah. people kind of cringe at lock, but uh, the, yeah, the like Seamus special this week, uh, what are you zeroing in on? <clears throat> I loved UTEP outright today, but I saw Jared already. I've been backing this minor team for years now, and they're finally playing for a bowl game this year. It's a rivalry game. I think they get up for it. But I, uh, at the risk of being called square here, I really like Clemson today with the points. Oh. All right. I think th- this is a big letdown spot for South Carolina. It's, Clemson has to really flex their muscle these next two weeks. They really need to leave a good impression on the committee. I think the defense should play really up to the task today. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. We're seeing a lot of South Carolina money coming in today. I think a lot of people are down on Clemson. I think this is an opportunity for them to really kind of remind them defensively of what this team is. I okay. love that spot so much. Seamus, I got to ask. Spencer Rattler off the Bex game of his career. Sorry, go ahead, Rick. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I love Seamus' picks every week. Yeah. It is a roller coaster, and I love it. The, uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions, I can't keep my eyes off this line. It opened at seven points they were favored by. It's now up to 19 and a half. But they've been absolutely beating up on lesser competition this season. Indiana, Maryland, Rockers, I mean, blowout victories. If, if you took the, the favorites there, you, you made some money. Is this a hands-off line, or is this still good to go, in your opinion? It's, it's a lot of points. It um, is. Uh, you know, Penn State, I mean, it's, Michigan State is an absolute mess right now. Um, I mean, how many players are facing charges for yeah. assault off the back of that Michigan uh, 
on Brawl. But it's, I don't think it's, if you like Penn State, I think there's certainly a chance they win this by three touchdowns. Um, I'm personally, I, I don't really have too much of an opinion on it. It's a lot of points for, uh, for me to lay with Penn State. So speaking of, and I think this is another one of those intriguing good teams against a really bad one, if you want to go back to the Clemson-South Carolina handicap, we're not talking a whole lot about TCU this week. And I think the matchup really favors them. It is a massive revenge game. I mean, TCU got blasted in this spot against Iowa State last year when they had those great senior, uh, you know, Purdy and, 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 and Hall, and they really hit them hard. And you get TCU that I think... If anyone's defense, you know, I know TCU's defense isn't exactly murderer's row here, but if anyone can stop Iowa State's offense, it's pretty much any defense in the country. And nine and a half feels like style points matter at this stage, right, Seamus? So I think two scores to beat Iowa State with their inept offense feels kind of light, and the market's still kind of, you know, sour on this Horn Frogs team. It's, it's definitely a fade of TCU this week for, from the public perspective. About two-thirds the spread handles on Iowa State. I mean, we're seeing TCU and the money line and a bunch of parlays, for example, but that's going to be every double-digit favorite you see. Yeah. But it's, it's another week in a row. People are, are fading the Horned Frogs. Hey, Seamus, great stuff as always, man. I feel like your voice got stronger as we went along right there. It was the like... UTEP handicap. That, <laughs> that's yeah. what it was. It was we didn't plan that either, I swear. I don't talk to Seamus usually until after the show because I don't want any collusion. But, Seamus, yeah. I am on UTEP today, too, and the money line plus the points. Nice. No, I saw, I saw you tweet out the pick, and I was like, damn, that was, that was definitely going to be my pick. <laughs> so I, I love it. No, don't worry. It's on the list for today, bud. The Seamus special lives on. <laughs> Very good. Seamus, enjoy the games today, man. Thanks for the time as always. Thanks, guys. Thank you. There he is. Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM. Okay. We are inching closer to only an hour until kickoff here. About an hour and 15 minutes right now. We've got Rich Ornberger, who wore a neck roll. Yes! The cowboy collar. Is that what they called it there, Rich? I think so. Yeah, that's what I called it. Yeah. I just picture a guy with a New York accent when you had the stingers like, uh, you ever try this uh, cowboy collar over here? Like, hey, cowboy. Good. The, only, people, the only neck roll I had was like a, like a yodel or a ding-dong, one of those like, you know, twinkie you know why they rolls. Call, you know why they call it a cowboy collar? It's because bull riders actually wear those things. Oh, That's wow. where it became popular because of the whiplash that you get when the, you sure. know, either a bucking bronco or a bull like swings you backwards. It stopped, uh, it stopped the neck from breaking. Man, Man. That's, learn something new every day on this show. I didn't know show. that either. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Jared Smith is with us also from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, we'll do it live. We'll tell you what that means right around the corner. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Touchdown! Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Hey, every Thursday, be sure to check out our Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM original podcast that features yours truly, Brian No, Jared Smith and Bill Krakenberger along for the ride as well. Betting insiders, we give our takes on all the key lines and get you set for a full weekend in betting. That's every Thursday. Just check 
Uh, Just search for Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's do this. Here we go. Not live yet. Live betting. Ready to go. Okay, we're looking for live spots, right, to make in-game bets. Once these games kick off, you have to forecast a scenario that might present itself that you can take advantage of. Jared, we'll start with you. Anything on your radar here? I would look no further than the game and yeah. the injury status of Blake Corum. I just saw a tweet um, or from Fox College Football, our, our, our friends, and Tom Rinaldi's tweeting that, you know, Michigan star Blake Corum is at the stadium but hasn't been seen on the field yet. Maybe we have a Josh Allen situation brewing, right, from a couple weeks ago. I'm sure he'll play or at least he'll give it a go. But if you watch that first quarter, those first few drives for Michigan, and he clearly is not 100%, I mean, it, the line won't move much unless Ohio State gets off to a pretty crazy lead. So I would be keeping a very close eye on Blake Corm's status if he is not ready to play today. There is not going to be a lot of punch to this Michigan offense, and I don't trust J.J. McCarthy, who had a sub-50% completion percentage against Rutgers. How do you think he's going to do against Jim Knowles and Ohio State? So I, just, I, I think that injury matters so much that – it's going to affect the point spread. And if it's 8-9 and he's not 100%, yeah, I would lay it with Ohio State. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking at this Penn State game, and I'm taking the fact that the Nittany Lions have beat up on lesser opponents really seriously. And I know I just asked Seamus McGee for his blessings on this bet this week as Penn State's taking on a very downtrodden Michigan State team. But uh, look back to a week ago, if you need proof, they were 19.5-point favorites, just like they are this week against the Spartans, except last week it was against Rutgers. They got out the gates to a slow start, um, and then they blew them away the rest of the game. So look to see if you don't love the 19.5, that number could come down in the first quarter. I've got a do-you-got-the-guts type scenario. If Notre Dame and USC, there are a couple of quick stores, Quick scores in the game. Notre Dame might run the ball and try to play ball control, keep Caleb Williams in that offense on the sideline. Maybe the in-game under. Maybe, if there are a couple of quick scores. I like it. Uh, A quick turnaround for a team coming up. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? We are ramping up. Less than an hour away until kickoff here. Very much looking forward to everything here. No doubt about it. I'll tell you what, as we preview a couple of the big games here, USC hosting Notre Dame, the nightcap, obviously a big game. And what stands out to me when it comes to USC, and you could also throw Washington in the mix here. Both USC and Washington, they were four and eight football teams last season. And what has made the biggest difference with both of those teams is the transfer portal, especially with USC. Have a lot of transfers over there, most notably Caleb Williams, who might be the Heisman guy. We'll see big day for a Heisman movement today. But you look at that transfer portal and getting recruits. We go crazy for these recruiting numbers. We need transfer numbers as well because USC stocked the shelves with talent. They were a 4-8 and eight team, and heading into this season, there were a lot of questions. Are they going to improve in year one with Lincoln Riley? They have. They're on the doorstep of a Pac-12 championship game um, and then maybe a college football playoff berth. It has turned around in a quick way, 
And the primary reason is because of that transfer portal in Lincoln Riley, who I call the portal king. I know Lane Kiffin has tweeted himself out there as the portal king. I say he's the portal prince. I think Lincoln Riley is the portal (laughs) king based on the talent he was able to get over there at USC. Well, you look at Washington, you mentioned them. They have a big one against Washington State tonight. They did really good getting Penix Jr., Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that program's success this season, 9-2 and two year to date, uh, has really been around the the continued development of Penix Jr., his uh, 26 touchdowns to six interceptions on the year. He's thrown for close to 4,000 yards. I mean, this guy has put this program on his back. However, they play against a Cougars team that can score two. Not quite as many points. Um, neither of these teams like to play much defense. <laughs> so uh, I, I expect this to be a fun one, though. Um, I'm really looking forward to this game, actually. The in-state rivalry, the the matchup couldn't be any more even, if you're asking me. Yeah, and the, what matters really a lot is the the outcome of that Oregon-Oregon State game. And, you know, that's a tight spread, too, and it's being played, I think, 7.30 Pacific, Washington, Washington State. Oregon-Oregon State's at 12.30 Pacific. So you'll get a lot – I mean, you'll get everybody on that Washington staff, and I don't know how, what the players' pregame routine is, but if Oregon State pulls that upset – Washington, like I will run to the window to bet Washington and vice versa if Oregon wins and Washington's out. Like that's such a letdown, right? You're watching that game. You're rooting for Oregon State because you want to get into the Pac-12 championship game. Let's say Oregon wins. Oh, all right. Now we got to get up again and go play Washington State. And I know it's a rivalry game and those things matter, but let's be honest. Playing in the Pac-12 championship game is a really big deal. So I, I think I'm going to be watching that Oregon-Oregon State game intently, and I will be tracking to see if there is movement Washington-Washington State once the the you know the outcome of Oregon-Oregon State becomes a little more solid. So that's the interesting debate in this game. And then, yes, if you get into the X's and O's of this Washington-Washington State game, Washington wants to throw the ball deep down the field. And listen, that's, you know, Washington State's defense can be a little bit tricky sometimes. So I I, I think when you look at this game, I I would much feel much better about handicapping it after I know the result of Oregon, Oregon State. No doubt about that. Hey, by the way, be sure to follow BetMGM across all socials at BetMGM here on Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. You know, let me throw something at you that's going to sound weird but it's the truth. Continuity doesn't matter as much in college football as it does the NFL. That doesn't mean continuity doesn't matter in college football, but you think about the transfer portal. If you take USC, for instance, again, hosting Notre Dame tonight, if you're going up against a team like, I don't know, Arizona State, let's throw them out there, and your receiver is open by three yards. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be as precise as you do in the NFL. And so I think there's a little bit more wiggle room in terms of continuity to have the screws tightened. Like, this out pattern is 14 yards. You don't run it 15. You don't run it 13. It's 14. It's got to be precise in the NFL. It's not quite the same way in college. So I think there's a little more wiggle room. When you get all these transfers, if you can just load up on talent, a lot of times you'll gain the continuity as you go. It's not as big of a deal. Not to say it's no deal, but it's not as big of a deal as it is in the NFL. So I think you can have more success quickly in the college game when you get those transfers and just collect that talent. 
Yeah, the college game right now, I mean, look, let, let's face it. There are so few great college quarterbacks to go around. You know, there, there just aren't that many. You know, think about the NFL draft every year. I, I mean, there are, what, I, I don't know, maybe 10 quarterbacks, 12 quarterbacks taken overall through the seven rounds. Maybe we talk about three of them, and that's including the first-round talents because a lot of them end up riding the bench their entire career or they become camp arms or maybe it takes them a while before they hit the scene as a starting quarterback later in their career, if especially if they're underdrafted or they're a late-round draft pick. College football, when you're a great quarterback and you're on the move, you could immediately give a, 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 a college program a facelift. I mean, just look at Washington with Penix Jr. or look at USC with Caleb Williams. I mean – if, if you are able to get that one transfer right, like bringing in a starting quarterback who's great at the college game, you can answer a lot of questions. And then also other pegs fall in place. Like if you could get the quarterback, well, then you could probably get the receiver. And if you get the receiver, well, then you could probably get a decent running back if you need one, right? You know, defensively, all of a sudden that becomes the soft sell. It's like, hey, listen, we got a great defensive coordinator. We pumped out a lot of edge rushers into the NFL. Plus, oh, by the way, we have a great chance of playing for a playoff. And that's only going to boost your signal to all these NFL coaches watching you play in important games because we got the quarterback now. So that is what it comes down to is you're going to see a lot more a lot more college football programs looking to hire offensive-minded coaches who quarterbacks want to play for because if you get that one spot right, if you get a great talent at the college level, a lot of other pieces fall into place. What a wild time to be rooting for and betting college football. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, it is the wild, wild west. And – it goes back to the Nebraska hire today, and of course the Auburn hire. It looks like it's trending away from from Lane and and towards Hugh Freeze. And you know, if you think those discussions aren't being had in the meeting rooms when these coaches are being hired right now, it's less about X's and O's and more about who can we go get. And that is huge. And it's always been about recruiting. But now it's recruiting plus NIL plus transfer. Like it's not just go out and go talk to the you know the parents and be a good coach in the in on on the couch, right? You know, with 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 the parents going to dinner and going all. Like now, there's another business element to this that is basically these teams are the coaches, in my opinion, are general managers now, and the X's and O's is the assistants, and you have to have good assistants. Alabama's like the king of this. Like they've got like a hundred former NFL head coaches on their staff as assistant coaches, and those are the guys that are going to put people in the right place on game day. Right now, the head coaches, in my opinion, it's general manager-like. Who can you go get? Who can you convince to come to play for us? And how does that impact the rest of the program, i.e., you get one domino to fall, now there's five or six kids from this other school that want to come play for you. So it's such a different conversation now than it was five years ago, yet the same coaches are still at a lot of those same programs evolve, adapt, or die. And it, it is a fascinating time to be part of this college football landscape. Hey, let's dive back into one of the biggest matchups of the day, the only top five matchup. You've got Ohio State hosting Michigan. And I'm just thinking about this, guys. We're getting all the reports leading up to game time, which is about 50 minutes away. Hey, Blake Corum isn't warming up. 
hey, Blake Corum is going to try to give it a go as the stud Michigan running back. I think you just got to read the room. You can throw out a bunch of this stuff. If you're looking at, hey, Ohio State's red zone defense versus Michigan's <laughs> red zone offense and all this stuff, I think if Blake Corum is limited or can't go, it's like a boxer who's about to enter the ring and can't use his best punch. It's like, how good do you think that guy's chances are? If it's like, oh, the uppercut's your best chance, you can't use it. You just don't have it for this fight. I just don't think Michigan has a legitimate shot to pull off the upset if Blake Corum isn't his normal self. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a good point that you make. I mean, because look how reliant all these college teams are on their stars. You know, I mean, and, and we see this in the NFL too, but then there are also NFL teams who could be missing – great players and still have similar success. I mean, perfect example, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody's saying, well, geez, they traded away potentially a Hall of Fame receiver to the Miami Dolphins. How's that going to work for Patrick Mahomes in that offense? Mm -hmm. Well, as it turns out, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Like, still a lot of talent around that offense. They're absolutely steamrolling teams this season offensively. So you look at college and you say, well, why isn't it the same? Well, it's because you don't have a surrounding cast of characters that could carry the water for missing an integral piece of what's made that team special all season long. This team, again, I said it earlier in the show, I'll say it again, this Michigan football team, the only reason why they're undefeated is because of Blake Corum. If it weren't for him and his talent, they would not be 11-0. and And that's okay to say. It's no shade on Harbaugh as a coach. It's no shade on J.J. McCarthy as a quarterback. It's no shade on the program whatsoever. It's just the reality of playing college football. It is so star dependent and if you have one of them at quarterback at running back you know sometimes that edge defender that could carry a lot of weight as well you can really do a lot of great things but without them this team is all of a sudden extremely mortal the offensive line's also banged up I yep. mean, there's just so many things about this game and I know they're getting back a couple skill guys today we mentioned the tight end Schoenfield but when you think about the number three team in the country does Michigan pass that eye test? Like, what is special about them besides Blake Corum, who obviously is significantly less than 100% today? I just, I don't see it. Like, I would personally rather see TCU in the playoff other than Michigan, you know? And like that, I know TCU's probably going to be in, but if you ask me, like, the eye test, and TCU's failed the eye test on multiple occasions this year, but I think they've passed it better than Michigan has. And I think they're, I think we're going to find out the result on the field in about an hour or so. But I just – I don't see it when I watch Michigan play, and it's J.J. McCarthy. I mean, it's so ironic, Rich, because, you know, running backs matter a little more in, in college than they do in the NFL. But at the end of the day, like, think about the top teams in the country. You know, Georgia – I know Stetson Bennett's not Patrick Mahomes, but look what he did in the national championship game last year. Obviously, C.J. Stroud. Obviously, Max Dugan. You know, like, these are the guys – you know, Caleb Williams. Like, these are the guys that are leading these top-tier teams. And then you get J.J. McCarthy, sub-50% completion percentage against Rutgers, worst QBR of the season last week against Illinois, second-worst against Nebraska. Trending down all season. No explosion to this offense down the field. Like, I just, I don't see it with Michigan. Very different scenario last year. Oh, they beat them last year. They blew them out. Yeah, they had a son Haskins. They had a healthy Blake Corum. They had a snow game in Ann Arbor and the perfect conditions to just pound it down your throat. 
Jim Knowles is not going to let that happen this week. It's not going to happen. If you want to beat this Ohio State defense, they are going to have to push the ball down the field. Mm. This is put-up-or-shut-up time for J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. And he's mentioned, oh, we don't know what we are yet. Well, it's, it's week 13, J.J. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need like, to what, know right what, now. What do you mean you don't know who you <laughs> are? Know. It's been 12 weeks. You know what? I, I'll be honest. I don't know who this Michigan team is. I certainly don't know what the defense is. They faced one top 30 offense all year, and this will be the best offense they played today. You know what's funny, and I've never thought about it like this until you said it, Jared. I totally hear you, what you're saying about Michigan. Are they really a top three team? I hear you on that. What's funny is I think that these top teams, let's say the top ten, I think it's a lot like quarterbacks in an NFL draft. You know what I mean? Like If you look at the first round picks, sometimes we look at their deficiencies like, oh, Mac Jones, he can't run. He's not mobile. He was the 15th overall pick. You know what I mean? And, and so sometimes that's Michigan. Are they really a top three team? You know, t- TCU, are they really a top four team? But then we get a little bit later in the top ten rankings, and it's like the NFL draft where the third or fourth rounder, it's like, this guy's got some upside over here, you know? Like, <laughs> what about Alabama? We fall in love with these one or two lost teams, the and we don't look at them Alabama. the same way. Yeah, it's funny how the that goes. The best team in the country that will be a favorite against basically everyone in the ratings except Georgia. Yeah, upside. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So funny. I mean, it, it, look, I mean, that's the reality of, of all sports, right, is the most important thing at the end of the day is what is your record? You know what I mean? Because you could you could say a team like Michigan is overinflated because what do they do extremely well outside of rushing the football? The answer is not a whole lot, but boy, can they rush the football and wow, is that important in college football? So that, that does cancel out maybe a very subpar defense and maybe a, a average passing game at best in college football. You know, because like if, if you were looking at this from a statistical standpoint, from a power ranking standpoint, well, then USC would be far lower. Penn State would be yeah. far higher. Tennessee would be far higher. Uh, um, um, TCU would be way lower. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, but, but at the end of the day, TCU is 11-0, and so is Michigan, and so they have to be in the conversation. You're yeah. Right. It's just funny. It's funny that we fall in love with teams that have freaking lost. You know what Perception I mean? Like reality, though, right? Like, yeah. Alabama still gets that cred no matter what. No matter what. I don't no care what, what the what. public says, but yep. it's still Alabama, you know? And yeah. that's – Man, when we get to 12, when is it? It's like 17 years from now. We're doing the show world we're gray <laughs> until we get to 12 teams, right? But it, like, imagine the conversation this week. Like, for example, right now, the 12th team's Kansas State. The 13th team is Washington. Imagine the conversations this week. Kansas State, Kansas, and Washington, Washington State being like the deciders for the playoff. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like, and now this week it's TCU, you know? And it's, it's just like you go that layer beneath, and you're right. The, lo- the, the lower you go, like when you got the seven-layer bean dip, gets a little soggy there at the bottom, right? Yeah. Like it's not as fresh at the bottom as it is on the top. So uh, it, like the, right now we're talking about Michigan not being a top-five team. I bet Clemson would love to have that undefeated record right now. They would love oh. to be Michigan right now. Oh my but gosh, yeah. we're not talking about Michigan in the college football playoff. We are talking about Clemson, maybe sneaking in. Like, yeah. it's such a different conversation around these teams based off where they are in the rankings and where our perception of them is. But I think Michigan might get exposed today. I just have that feeling. I have that feeling, too. Hey, every Thursday, be sure to check out our Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM Original Podcast. Features 
Myself, Brian No, along with Jared Smith and Bill Krakenberger, very sharp betting minds. We give our takes on all the key lines and get you set for a full weekend in betting. It's every Thursday. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we still have a lot to do. A lot going on. Jared Smith is on this show, too, from PicksWise.com. Huh? We've got Rich Ornberger. He is a, uh, a, sh- a master chef in the making, I feel like. Thank so- you. Thank you. About six months away from now, you get your Master <laughs> Chef's license. You know, I'm Brian. Though, <laughs> coming up next, there are so many games to preview. We will preview as many as possible in quick hitting fashion. A couple of top ten teams trying to remain in the playoff mix. We will get to that. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Oh, welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN. For a special offer, that's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. So many games, so little time. We're about 33 minutes until kickoff. Let's go quick hit style. Let's start it off a couple of top 10 teams. Our guy Seamus McGee from BetMGM, he mentioned this game. South Carolina at number 8, Clemson. Still no belief in South Carolina. They Dust in Tennessee. It was a touchdown fest with Spencer Rattler last week. They're still 14-point dogs. Some places have them 14 in the hook against Clemson. So still no belief in the Gamecocks even after last week's shellacking of the Vols. Yeah, I. you know what? I'm a believer because yeah. wow. I'll tell you what I'm not a believer in is DJU. I mean, it just hasn't looked good all season long for the Clemson. Well, I shouldn't say it hasn't looked good. I think it's been up and down all season long for Clemson offensively, and it starts with their passer. So, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be, but it could be an upset special in Death Valley. I'm kind of on the other side. I think Clemson is here. I just think this is the style points game. I mean, style points matter so much right now for this Clemson team. Yeah. Shipley, to me, is, you know, South Carolina can't stop the run outside the top 100 EPA per rush defensively. That was a perfect storm with Tennessee last week with Hooker going down. I mean, I just, I think, I I think Clemson's going to put a hammer down here. They scored 71 points since the Notre Dame debacle, so maybe their offense trending up a little bit. How about a matchup featuring a top five team? Iowa State at number four, TCU. It's one of those just got to hold serve. Hold serve, win the game, get to the Big Ten, t- Big 12 championship game, and you're good to go as far as the college football playoff berth. Iowa State, they've got that grinded-out style. They play defense very, very well. If they're able to make it a fourth-quarter game, maybe you get the tight sphincter syndrome, maybe. <laughs> it's just hard to see a fourth-quarter game in this one, right? Yeah, I, look, you know, TCU, the one thing I will say is they, they don't let down. You know, we keep waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. When is it going to be the letdown game? And I said it a week ago. I'll say it again. 
I, I'm just tired of betting against the intestinal fortitude of the Horned Frogs. I think they can get up for any game this year because they're just riding high on what this season has meant. And so I, I don't think they trip up here. I, I think that it's fair for them to be 10-point favorites if that's where the line still is on this one. And I think I'm not calling it an easy cover, but I think that this is going to be a game that they, they take control of out the gates and command for four quarters. Retweet. So, interesting thing. I watched Sonny Dyke's <laughs> presser this week. He mentioned this. I didn't know this. I wish I knew this going into last week's game. I would have bet twice as much on Baylor. They had 12 guys that had the flu last week. A little flu oh, wow. bug going through the TCU locker room last week. Well, that's not a, a, an issue this week. And when I look at Iowa State, I mean, their defense is great. Top 20 EPA per play. Top 30 average line yards created. They get into you defensively. But on the other side, it is bad. It is ugly. And when they go on the road, it's even worse. And they're one really they, – they faced two, maybe two and a half good offenses this year. Kansas, that game was weird. They only gave up 11 points there. Um, but Oklahoma – excuse me, they gave up 14. They lost that game 14-11. Oklahoma and Baylor scored 58 against them. Oklahoma is a really good offense, and that's kind of what we're going to see here with TCU. And that game was 27-13 in Ames. So this game's in Fort Worth. I see this like 34-10 kind of vibe. I, I don't see Iowa State. How about one more? We got Kansas at number 12, Kansas State, and it's been a weird year for Kansas State. If you look at their three losses, it's understandable who they've lost to. They lost to Tulane, lost at TCU, lost to Texas. Okay. And their wins, it's weird. They beat Iowa State 10-9, and then they – Crush Oklahoma State 48 nothing. They boat raced Baylor. It's it's just been a weird year for them, but they're still alive for a Big 12 championship game spot. Just have to get by the Jayhawks today, and they're in that thing. So uh, I, I would look at it this way. Kansas has really faltered down the stretch, and for the most part, Kansas State has beaten or throttled who they should beat. So I would expect that to be the case today. Yeah, Kansas State has that run game that that's really, I mean, it, it's it's around uh, the, their, their really talented back, Vaughn. I mean, he's just been carrying this offense. If they can get the run game going early, this sort of feels like a cruise to victory situation for Kansas State. It's about controlling the clock. It's about controlling the tempo. It's about not turning the football over. And this sort of feels like one of those games where, you know, yeah, maybe it's a trip up. Obviously, it's a rivalry. But if they play their brand of football, I mean, can the Jayhawks really hang? I, I don't I don't see it. Deuce is loose, baby. Um, line seems fair here. I've got it at 12. It's 11 and a half. Everyone in the state of Texas, I guess, or I should say everyone in the vicinity of Austin, Texas, big Jayhawk fans today trying to sneak into that Big 12 championship game if Kansas State does trip up. Eh, I don't see it. I, I think Kansas State wins this game. I agree with your take, Brian. I think Kansas is kind of a fade. They've been a fade very early in the season. You know, we, we, we lost a couple bets on them early on, but then won a couple bets against them later on. And I would say Kansas State wins this game rather comfortably for them. Yeah, yeah, very nice. You know, speak of, speaking of being comfortable, I don't know about you guys, but I'm at my peak of comfort when Isaac Lowenkron is giving a sports update. <laughs> I agree. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like a robe 
all over you, you know, when he just gives us some sports information. Ilo with the latest. What's going on, bud? I'll tell you as soon as I finish off my email to HR. I uh, appreciate the <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> You might not be comfortable after you hear uh, the comments about the current sports news from fellow sports fans across America. You might not be comfortable in the future of Western civilization. So we started college football where Nebraska this morning officially announced the hiring of Matt Rule as its new head coach, former head coach of the Carolina Panthers and at Baylor and Temple. Once again, back in the college ranks. Now for listeners uh, who are just joining us, earlier today we relayed some of the comments that Nebraska fans had about the Matt Rule hiring, both positively and negatively. Uh, And now we have a new video related to this by another commenter about the Nebraska hire. You guys remember a character named Steve Urkel from the sitcom Family Matters? Yeah, definitely. Well, a Nebraska fan has posted a video in reaction to the Matt Rule hiring of Steve Urkel singing the Nebraska fight song? Listen. There is no place like Nebraska. (laughs) Nebraska, you. Where the girls are the fairest and the boys are the squarest. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm sure that wasn't Brian. Uh, I'm actually not sure. Was it one of your burner accounts, Brian? <laughs> yeah, no, that's deuce to be. So somewhere there was a Nebraska fan just with their fingers trembling, waiting for the hire to be officials so they could post that video of Steve Urkel 30 years ago. What's the connection between Steve Urkel and... Uh, don't no. Apparently it's very Matt profound. <laughs> Apparently, I, it's, I wonder. I wonder if Stefan Urkel is yeah, a there you go. fan. There you yeah. go. I want to hear that Urkel. There you go. Good pull, by the way. Look at that. Armor coming out hot. I'm a huge huge Jaleel White fan. I love it. Somewhere Laura Winslow, just her ears (laughs) perked up at the sound of the name (laughs) Stefan Urkel. Meanwhile, a lot more college football coaching craziness because in the last few hours, Sports Illustrated reports that Auburn's coaching search has moved on from Lane Kiffin and zeroed in on Liberty head coach Hugh Freeze. Negotiations are ongoing and could be finalized as soon as tonight. And get this, fellas, Fox Sports has just reported that Deion Sanders has been offered the head coaching job at Colorado. Wow. And that Neon Dion has, quote, legit interest in the job, unquote. Again, that just reported by Fox Sports. Now kicking off at the top of the hour from the Horseshoe in Columbus. It's number two, Ohio State, and third-ranked Michigan. The anticipation already building on social media where at the real A-Lev, apparently to distinguish himself from the fake A-Lev. Anyway, he tweets, quote, I'm seven keystones in, go Buckeyes, unquote. (laughs) He tweeted that in all capital letters, by the way. And then Johnny, a.k.a. Elon Butts, according to Johnny. Right, right. Tweets, and I quote, absolutely no way in hell this game could ever be anything but a nooner. Having it at 3.30 almost got the city burned down. Making people wait until 7 or 8 threatens open war, unquote. So, (laughs) Elon Butts, 
budding sociologist weighing in. So that's what's going on in college football. Soccer breakdown in three, two, one. At the World Cup, France and Denmark are scoreless in the 37th minute. Earlier, Poland defeated Saudi Arabia 2 to nothing, and Australia over Tunisia 1 to nothing. Coming up at 2 p.m. Eastern, it's Mexico and Argentina. I'm exhausted. Back to you guys. Good stuff, Ilo. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Let's dive into this. Let's go. Countdown commenced. Heisman Watch. Three, two, one. Okay, the Heisman Watch is basically a two-horse race. It comes down to Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, and Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. Everybody else... Not really in the vicinity. Caleb Williams over at BetMGM, he's minus 115. C.J. Stroud is plus 100. So basically, even money. What you bet, bet is what you would take back for the most part. Blake Corum is next in line at 25 to 1. He's plus 2,500. So really comes down to Caleb Williams. This is a huge week. Caleb Williams on a big stage in primetime against Notre Dame. And you've got today, big noon kickoff. C.J. Stroud against Michigan. What do you guys think? If you had to bet on it today, you going with Caleb Williams at USC? Or are you going with C.J. Stroud from the Ohio State? Boy, oh boy. Can I, can I throw a crazy, crazy pick into the mix? That's probably not going to pan out. But if you have okay. funny money, <laughs> just a couple of fun tickets to throw at something. Uh-huh. Imagine if, because I was just watching the Blake Corum warm-up videos. Oh, okay, yeah. Follow me here. This is a rabbit hole. But imagine if he's the reason the Wolverines beat Ohio State. Yes. Imagine if he has that special game after having over 100 yards rushing against Illinois, his day being shortened by the knee injury. He comes back at the shoe. And he's the reason the Wolverines, like he has a 150-yard rushing game, two-touchdown performance, four-touchdown performance, just something ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, just something ridiculous where we're like, oh, my goodness, the the apple card has been upset. This, this season is unfathomably different today now than it was yesterday. Then I'm just saying, you got a couple of fun tickets. That might be a fun one to hit on. I like the strategy, and the reason why is because Michigan money line is only like plus 300. Yeah. So, again, when you bet the futures market, you're trying to obviously predict the future. Duh, Jared. But you're trying to predict where the market will move because if the market moves significantly in your favor, then you have options. If Blake Corum does what Rich just said he's going to do today, then all of a sudden he becomes not the favorite, but he's up there with Caleb Williams. And then you can come back on Caleb Williams next week and you could get both guys. And then you you make your money accordingly. You know, so that's kind of the strategy that I would go with. Because even if Blake Corm does do that today, I still think Caleb Williams will be the favorite next week, significant favorite. Right. But at 25 to 1 with that ticket in your back pocket, you could then bet Caleb Williams and then hedge and then make money risk-free. So I like the strategy. I think that's the only scenario where someone not named Williams or Stroud wins it. Because let's be honest, if you're making any bets on Max Dugan or Bo Nix or any of these other guys on the list right now, I'm seeing Jake Daniels at 100 to 1. Like, you're just wasting your money. Um, I think if I had to pick between Williams or Stroud, no, man, that's tough. It's tough. Williams, Williams had a better year. Though. Williams had a you better year, but team success matters yeah. in this award, right? It does. Yeah. It absolutely does. I, and I, I think feel it's bad. hard not to give it to Stroud if he has an undefeated season, right? Like, that's really tough. It is tough. Yeah, and it, 
he's got the inside track to having just that. Yeah, it's probably Stroud. I feel bad. I feel like I should apologize to you, Rich, because for weeks at the beginning of the year, you're like, I don't know, Caleb Williams looked pretty good. <laughs> and I certainly did, was. Actually. I think, Jared, you were also, we're like, the team record, though, man, it's tied it to the team record. Yeah. And their defense sucks, but they only have one loss. Here they are with one loss, and he's got a legitimate chance to win the thing. I, I And also, I with futures bets, I always look at it as like, I, I, I understand the thought process of go with the guy who you feel most comfortable with. And if that were if that were me at the beginning of the season, obviously I'd be on the Stroud train the whole way because Ohio State, their history offensively, what they looked like they were ready to do this season in terms of record, and they've accomplished all that. But, I mean, Caleb Williams just felt like right there for the plucking. You saw what Lincoln Riley was able to do with Jalen Hurts his first year with his program. This has a, a history to it. First year with a new program, but still, it had all the makings of a success story in the Pac-12. So that's why I felt good about that. Do I feel as good about Blake Corum today? No. But, again, you got a couple of funny money fun tickets that you want to spend. 25 to 1 feels feels like a lot funny of fun. Money. If you, yeah. yeah. I love it. I love Go to it. the county fair and try to put the ball through the clown's mouth, right? <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. You're going to miss 99 times, but that one yeah, time. Absolutely. That one that, time. That giant teddy bear. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so we've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American with us. <laughs> we've got Jared Smith from PicksWise.com, lead betting analyst. I'm Brian No, It is the moment of truth. We've bombarded you with data, analysis, you know, stats, it's time to make some freaking picks already, huh? We put all this to the test here. And also a, a quick thought on Deion Sanders possibly going to the Pac-12. So we give you Dion, some picks, get you all set for a fun day in college football. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Are you ready for some football? Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, just about 10 minutes away until kickoff. Thank you to the crew. Isaac Lowenkron even had some breaking news today with Matt yeah. Rule Fantastic going to Nebraska. Job. Isaac Lowenkron, Ryan Bershinger, yeah, producer extraordinaire. Iowa Sam, technical producer, great job all around. Coming up next, up on game, Lavar Arrington, T.J. Hushmanzada, Plaxico Burris. Get you all set for a huge football weekend. Very much looking forward to that. Hey, real fast before the picks, guys. Colorado offering its head coaching job to Deion Sanders. I think it makes a lot of sense. If you look at Colorado and what they've been for a handful of years, they are the ultimate take-a-chance, take-a-chance university. And I think the, like, quote-unquote chance you're taking on Deion Sanders might be overstated because he not only has swag and leadership, he's got success. Yep. They haven't lost at Jackson State. So I think this is a, a great offer by Colorado. Be very interesting to see how he fares if he does take this job with the Buffaloes. Yeah, mm-hmm. listen, it's it's uh it's all about the the three top things in college football these days. Recruiting, 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 
and you could replace that easily with transfer portal, transfer portal, transfer portal. If your name's Deion Sanders, you're going to clean up uh, at a Pac-12 school. I think it's a huge hire for the Buffaloes if they get him. Yeah, absolutely it is. Okay, let's get to it. All the data comes down to this. Time for picks. Rapid fire. Okay, Jared, we'll start with you. Three picks against the spread. I'm crossing my fingers hoping you had a dreadful week last week because I sure did. One and two, 20 and 16 on the year. Sprint to the finish for the both of us. We'll see who gets yeah. the crown. All right, we're going James Madison. I got 13 and a half. I'd still lay 14. It's up to 15 now. Eh. But still, I put up your dukes in this game because in the first year in the Sun Belt, James Madison with a win today can figure out a way to get into the conference championship game. And the chance, backup quarterback. And we got the dual threat, Todd Santejo. I think he's going to have a big game, and I really think this is a big spot for James Madison at home against Coastal Carolina. TCU, Frog Prince, baby! We're going to lay nine and a half with the Horned Frogs here. That Iowa State defense is fierce, but again, the one offense they faced all year with a pulse, Oklahoma, scored 27, one by 14. I think that's going to be the vibe today with TCU. And Ohio State, wow. Buckeye blowout. I got seven and a half. I'd lay up to eight, nine. Once it gets to 10, eh. We have no idea what this Michigan defense is. They face one top 30 offense all year, and I do not trust J.J. McCarthy, who is trending down. So we got James Madison, TCU, Ohio State, all favorites. Kind of scary. All chalk today. All right, okay. check it out. 13-23 and 23 on the season, 1-2 and two last week. It's all been bad. Let's turn it all around right now. The Irish are dogged by 4.5 against USC, who have an insanely potent offense, but Notre Dame has a pass rush and a run game. Give me the points. I like the Irish. Moving on. Yes. Alabama, the Nick Sabans, they're favored by 22 and a half. I say roll tide. Uh, roll, roll tide. Saban cleanses your timeline with a huge win. Uh, and I've been on this for a while. Penn State doesn't mind piling up points against lesser competition, especially in front of the home crowd. 19 and a half points is what they're favored by over Sparty. I got them covering against Michigan State. Okay, 0-3 last week, uh, still plus 500, 19-17 on the season. Every week I'm like, why don't I bet the Iowa State under? Give me Iowa State TCU under 45 and wow. a half. Give me the Notre Dame USC under 63 and a half. Notre Dame, little ball control, run it, move the chains, keep Caleb Williams on the sideline. And I'm going to lay the 11 and a half. Kansas State beats the teams they should beat. They win by 12. Let's do play of the day. Jared, what do you have for us? Miners, baby. UTEP, take out the pickaxe. Let's go. All right. Take the 17. The I think games. they went out right, too. We'll see you.